walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host, the hardest part of the ring, also known as Kyle. We got some TNA. To recap today, total nonstop action, Destination X 2006. Who, baby, we got a good show for you today. Destination X, always a, um, I think as years would go on, would become uh, not a not a B pay per view, but it definitely highlights the X division. And in later years, the X Division would become a little less significant than it is here in 2006. But here in 2006, the X Division is about as hot as it would ever be. We still got AJ, Daniels, Joe fighting for the title. Some may say that they've kind of monopolized the division a little bit, but I I think this puts a cap on it. And no better way to do that with the X Division title than with an Ultimate X match. And uh, the match concept in kayfabe kind of designed to neutralize Samoa Joe and how dominant he's been. Uh, of course, he's the champion at this point. So uh, really, really intriguing stuff there. Really awesome match as well. Not a fun stuff to talk about. Um, but this match or this show here, Destination X, it's kind of a three match show, honestly, because you have the Ultimate X match. You also have an eight-man tag, which has, you know, Planet Jarrett versus a bunch of other guys, basically all the other baby faces that didn't have a spot on this show, the Dudleys, R-Truth, and uh, Rhino, which kind of, I mean, for me saying it like that, it kind of makes it seem like it's a, it's a throwaway match. But uh, the overall like tagline of this entire pay-per-view is... A legend retires and a man returns. Sounds pretty stupid, right? Well, it is, but the source of it kind of makes sense because uh, if you remember, uh, I think I talked about this in my last TNA episode, but after uh, after Sting returned to wrestling and he teamed with Christian to defeat Monty Brown and Jeff Jarrett at Final Resolution, he came out on Impact the week after and basically retired. He was like, hey, I'm going out on my own terms. He lays his bat, he lays his jacket, takes his pants off and rides off into the sunset. We haven't seen Sting since. But amongst, you know, Jarrett and all of his cronies, 
Eric Young, who is a part of this whole faction, he's a little paranoid. He's a paranoid boy, this EY. And he, for some reason, suspects that Sting is still around. And this, of course, translates into Jarrett becoming paranoid. So he, you know, gets his gay, he gets Alex Shelley, who has a camera, uh, who we've already, you know, mentioned that Alex Shelley is the only one that has a camera in the uh, world. So he, he gets Alex Shelley to get his camera and to go uh, stalk Sting, DDP style. You remember if it, when DDP uh, went to Undertaker's wife's panty drawer and, you know, sniffed him or whatever that storyline was. Uh, Alex Shelley, he basically follows Sting throughout his life. We see this on Impact. He follows Sting uh, to the gym. He's like in his car, like creepily, you know, filming him walking into the gym. He films Sting walking his kids to school. He films Sting coaching his kids uh, football team. All he's following him all around to see if he's really out of wrestling, I guess, is the story here, because Jarrett wants confirmation that Sting has quit and he's done for. But eventually, Alex Shelley, he uh he, he gets a little too overzealous and, and then Sting actually sees him filming him. I think it's like after he drops his kid off at school or something and he like charges at him. He like gets into his car. He's like, hey, you cocksucker, you bet. Why are you filming me? Well, like, you know what? You're going to film me. You can film this. And he shows him his cock. Um, that's, that's not what happened. But basically, <laughs> it's actually Steve Borden at the time because he doesn't walk around in life with his face paint on. Uh, he says, hey, I'm going to be. At Destination X. You tell Jeff Jarrett that I'm going to be at Destination X. It's not going to be Sting. It's going to be Steve Borden. So Steve Borden is returning to TNA Wrestling, not Sting. So that's kind of the whole uh, premise of this show. And we get into it in the podcast as far as how that all unfolds. But uh, I wanted to kind of cover that element of the story because I think we didn't really get into that much detail about what happened. But it was just so ridiculous. You have Alex Shelley just following him around like a fucking creeper but um got those two matches plus the main event the champion the new champion the new nwa world's champion christian cage taking on the alpha male monty brown all the way from the serengeti uh traveled all the way from there to uh, orlando to challenge for the nwa title and um look man I'm I'm the resident Monty Brown Mark. Me and my guest both are. Uh, but kind of left a little bit to be desired. And we'll get into that. And uh, really the aftermath of the main event is probably what is most noteworthy. But uh, we'll get to it when we get to it. But uh, I, I, I some may say that I was pretty big papa pumped up to see what happened there at the end of the show. It's Scott Steiner. Um, but yeah. Some other good wrestling, a lot of good X Division wrestling on this show, and uh, a lot of good shenanigans. <laughs> Fucking Matt Bentley, Lance Hoyt, AJ Styles taking a dump in a stall. Lots of stuff going on here. And who better to get into it with than my boy Frank from the Last Minute Wrestling Podcast returning to the show. My, uh, my favorite TNA mark. Had to bring him back on. We actually covered TNA Destination X. 2005, uh, a little over a year ago. So go check that out in the archives. Uh, one of one of the better shows of the Ape and Bump. And uh, yeah, so go check that out. Check this out, too. You're already here. Um, but yeah, check Frank out is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Last Minute Wrestling Podcast. He does a lot of great interviews with people in the wrestling industry. 
brings his Italian uh, je ne sais quoi. Is that French? Uh, to his <laughs> to his podcast, a very entertaining dude, as you'll see in the episode. Uh, great to follow on social media as well. All of his info in the description below, but go check out his podcast at lmwpodcast.com. Follow him on Twitter at lmwpodcast. I think all of his socials are that, right? But all of it's in the description below if you feel the need. Uh, go check him out. Frank's a good boy. And uh, hey, if you like this kind of episode, if you like TNA, you're like, hey, gee whiz, hardest part of the ring. I sure would like to take a journey with you uh, backpacking through the entire uh, history of TNA post uh, Impact Zone pay-per-view era. Right. You're probably saying that word for word is probably what you said. Well, suck my nipples and call me Sally. Uh, go to apronbump.com. You can go to the episodes tab at the top. You can select whatever era of wrestling, whatever style, whatever promotion you would like to uh, take a take, to take a frolic through uh, with the old uh, HPOTR of the ring. Uh, do that. I'm really bad at plugging my show, but you're already here, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, go to <laughs> All the TNA stuff in the archives is what I'm trying to say. Go check that out. And uh, huh. I feel like I haven't breathed in like two minutes. Um, <laughs> go check that out. And uh, I'm, I'm fresh off my bachelor party. I'm a little gay in the in, in the anal. Um, I don't know if you can see, but I have uh, a little bit of an Asian flush going. Uh, when I vomit, I burst all the blood vessels in my face every time. Every time it happens, um, it's kind of starting to recover now, um, but I'm a little more freckly than normal. But speaking of vomiting, time to word vomit about this show with Frank TNA Destination X 2006 with myself and Franklin from the Last Minute Wrestling Podcast. You see, I wore that shirt that I told you I will be wearing. Oh, damn. I should have worn my, uh, I think it's still soaking in beer and vomit yeah. as I speak, but the, the outfit that I was wearing from the Dave Matthews concert, but yeah, that, love that it, look, love it. That looks like a fun concert. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, uh, anybody I made eye contact with at that concert commented, they, everyone was thinking I was wearing a romper. It was not a romper. <laughs> it just happened to be matching shirt and shorts, you know, so people need to get straight. But I, I like. What your would style. you classify that as? What would you, would you classify that shirt? Is that a shirt? This one, uh, the guy that gave it to me told me it was a shirt, like a festival shirt. Uh huh. So it looks comfy. It looks very yes. breezy. Yes, it is, and it has also a place. I don't know if you can see it. You see, when you come. For anybody listening, he's showing me his cock. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah I, am. <laughs> I am. Actually, I am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're very friendly. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the only way to start a TNA uh, yeah, recap, that, in my opinion. The most appropriate one, of course, of course. But uh, yeah, you got a chance to watch the show. I know. First of all, I appreciate you uh, pushing this back a week. I know uh, making life difficult over here. But you, you got a chance to watch the show, uh, dude. Yeah, of course I did. Of course I did. And as you know, probably I did it through a porn site, which uh, right. Uh, I I, uh, um, I I must say it's a very convenient way to. To like combine my two biggest passions, which is TNA and 
Monty Brown, I would say, because it's the <laughs> same as as sane porn, you know? Right. Yeah, they're one and the same. Another question. So, <laughs> yeah. did you stumble upon this uh, this video? Were you looking for TNA and you found this site, or were you on the site and fo- and found TNA? You know, man, if if I have to turn on myself, I just need to watch some TNA. That's that's what I what I was looking for. Right. Yeah. Okay. No shame in here. Yeah. When you go into the categories little section. <laughs> yeah. Of course. It's like BBC, Cream Pie, Total Nonstop Action. Yes. That's right? exactly, yeah. As we all that's, know. That's how, how it works. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think uh, the first time we got together, we actually recapped Destination X 2005. So yes. now we are a year later, and I don't know how much you remember about that show. I honestly, I don't remember oh, too much. I remember about the it, Nazi but... bikers. <laughs> the, <laughs> right, of course. Uh, the Nazi uh, bikers. D-O-N. And, yep. And uh, um, Mr. S as the outlaw. Oh, okay. One of his many name changes, right? Yeah, right. And probably was the the same show where they debuted the Shocker that they they wanted to like like pretended that it was such a big deal, a massive deal, <laughs> and nobody yeah. really cared. I think that might have been. And uh, guess where Shocker is now? <laughs> Not on the <this> show. <laughs> Fuck him. Uh, yeah, that was very short lived. Because uh, oh. he like debuted on that show. And then had yeah. like one title match, and then was gone. Pretty yeah. much. So. Pick TNA is such su- such a beautiful wrestling company. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Man, they they swing for the fences every time, and sometimes they <laughs> yeah. hit home runs, and sometimes they the bat slips out of their hands. And yeah, and we are like crowd. we are like a couple of weeks removed from their twentieth anniversary, and uh, right. uh, I um, I was part of their media scrum and and Scott Damore said something really interesting because he said okay we we had the every crazy idea we had back in the day we said fuck it let's try it and see and and see if it sticks mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you know and yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's and they said uh, something like that the uh, the the ultimate x uh, the ultimate x match was something that they thought was really 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 dumb and will never last <laughs> and right, here we are right. 20 years later still talking about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a broken clock is right twice a day, as they say. So yes. for, for every Ultimate X, there's, uh, you know, uh, what was the cage that the asylum escaped the asylum or something? Oh, yeah. We had to like climb up the yeah. top, like get through the middle. Yeah. They had some winners and losers, <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, and that scrum, did you uh, happen to get a chance to ask about Triton and when he'd be, be returning to Impact? <laughs> uh, nope. Unfortunately, Damn. no, I didn't. Uh, we, we're still. I think this is going to be, honestly, the biggest comeback ever. In uh-huh. When 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 Triton will, will come back to oh. kick everybody's face with his big boots, big muscle, big body, and tiny head. <laughs> That's that. That would be fantastic. If if I were Triton or Triton or or how the how the hell he was called. Uh, I would use like the um, flying headbutt as as my finisher because it would be hilarious with such a tiny head. Right. I mean, it's sharp. I mean, it's a very pointed yeah. head. Yeah, yeah. It could it could catch you like a knife. Yes, man. We're we're just yeah, spitballing these ideas. I hope somebody's listening because uh, <laughs> there's money left on the table if they don't take advantage of this. Yes, yeah, Scott the more book it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I have faith. 
I have faith. Uh, but no Triton on this show, unfortunately. Nope. Uh, but there's a lot of other good stuff. Uh, general yeah. thoughts uh, on the show? Uh, solid show. Pretty solid. Uh, I had, I think, I think I saw this show back in the day, and I had next to no recollection of the beginning portion of the show, like the early matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I remembered quite well the, the 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 two main events. So yeah, it was a solid show. Yeah, the the first half was definitely it felt like filler a lot of yeah. it, and we'll we'll yeah. get into it. Um, not that there were bad matches per se. No, no. Um, just not a lot of substance to the storylines or. Any of that stuff, but um, we might as well get right into it. And we actually, yes. the, the show actually does start off uh, on a very high note, mm-hmm. opening up the show. We got some X Division action with uh, two of the youngest members on the roster at this point. Yeah. Which is funny to say nowadays. <laughs> so we got Jay yeah. Lethal, 20 year old Jay Lethal versus 22 year old Alex Shelley. Oh, man. <laughs> this was good stuff, I thought, this match. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good match. That was a good match, and uh, I I I don't recall precisely like like the, the sequences of the match, but mm-hmm. I think uh, for the duration of, of the old match, I thought, whoa, they they were like in their early twenties. Uh, th- that's yeah, crazy, crazy to think, crazy to think. Yeah, and um, so you got two, you got two these two guys who are pretty new to the scene, relatively at least in TNA. Uh, Jay mm-hmm. Lethal is got a lot of momentum at this point because they first brought him on as a enhancement guy. Um, yes. but he was get, like organically over with the crowd. Like he had, he'd been in ROH too. So I'm sure a lot of the audience knew him from that as well. Um, yeah. but Jay lethal just had this organic momentum behind him. And Alex Shelley had been uh, heavily involved in the main event storyline with Jeff Jarrett and sting, mm-hmm. which we'll touch on later. So both these guys are red hot at this point. And the match itself was great. Like, I mean, the chain wrestling, was uh really fun to watch there was one point where they had like each other's legs hooked and they like spun around like on their heads and were like doing a slap battle upside down um really just fluid you know there's one point in the match that's kind of indicative of the whole match so shelly counters a superplex with a top rope atomic drop which there was a lot of brutal atomic drops on this show i don't know if you noticed (laughs) the the gooches were uh not safe but um then uh Shelly uh, follows up with a clothesline that misses. Jay Lethal goes for a dragon suplex, but Shelly breaks it. But then Jay hits like a really snappy, quick German suplex. Like all, all these like sequences and counters were just smooth throughout. Um, yeah. But ultimately, Alex Shelly wins with the sliced bread. And uh, yeah, fun, fun way to open the show, I thought. Which, which uh, I did not remember him using the sliced bread. Uh, maybe it's my Yeah, fault. me neither. <laughs> I don't no, remember. I don't remember either. I was like, oh. Did he use the last bread? Well, I thought it was was exclusive to Brian Kendrick and Eva Marie. That's what. I, <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe it was made sliced bread number three or something, but no, it was the number two. Mike yep. Tanay told me. <laughs> yeah, so. the, the same one, the same, same number. <laughs> I never thought uh, I'd hear Eva Marie and Alex Shelley get compared, but here we are. Yeah, yeah. Both, uh, both, both have very nice talented. Tits. Very. Uh, yeah, very talented. I think they both came out of the of the dungeon of Stu Hart's dungeon, something like that. Some dungeon, that's for sure. So- uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, yeah. this next match. So uh, we got Lance Hoyt, Hoytomania, running wild. My boy, well, my boy. Kind of skipping wild at this point. Uh, 
versus not Michael Shane, not Matt Bentley, Maverick Matt. <laughs> yeah, Shawn Michaels calls him. Shawn Michaels calls no, him. No, no, it's Maverick Rick Matt. It was, it, it's, it's always been shitty. And uh, I, didn't <laughs> even, oh, I didn't even notice the, the similarities between him and Shawn Michaels. And uh, when, uh-huh. when when the announcer started started pointing out, I said, "Oh, fuck it! Uh, <laughs> I'll go with it. I guess w- one Shawn Michael is enough." Uh, and and yeah. this is not a compliment, by the way. Uh, <laughs> f- fuck you, Shawn, if you're listening. And uh, uh, basically, I-, I was like, uh, "Yeah, why, why, why should we have like Shawn Michael from Wish or something like that? Why, why should we endure it?" And I rem- crazy, uh, call me crazy, but I'm such a such a hoita maniac that I remember this match right from back <laughs> in the day. It was was one of the few things that I remember from the early part of the of the, of the pay per view, which is saying something about my mental health. <laughs> yeah, Hoyt's another guy. It's like, why do people? Why are people so behind him? But they were. Um, although he, I, I wouldn't say this is like peak Hoyta mania. He's kind of mm. like on the downslope a little bit. Like he hasn't been featured really that heavily no. on the show. I mean, he's on the pay per view here, which is you know I something. Think, but. I think it would be out of the company entirely in less than a year, probably to this point. Because yeah. I think I think in 2007 he was already in uh, WWCW. Yeah, I know uh, he has the whole rock and rave thing with Jimmy Rave. I don't mm-hmm. know when that is. I think it's in 2007. But I could be wrong though. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, no more than two years for sure. He's, he'll be in, he'll be Vance Archer soon yes. enough. Yes, exactly. Well, by the way, you should totally cover the WWE version of ECW as well on this on this oh. show. That would be amazing. Look, man. Once I get to it, once I because I, I cover I'm in like the ruthless aggression era right now. But you bet your sweet ass. Once I get to 2006, oh, we're gonna talk about some uh, zombie. Talk oh, about some uh, Zack Ryder. All of it. All of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to delay the conversation now, but I loved the first episode of WWE CW when, when it came out Ooh. in 2006, and uh, I loved the zombie. I loved everything. <laughs> I, lo- I loved the, the, fa- the fake, uh, the fake stripper uh, Kelly Kelly, which wasn't able to untie Aaron Bra. So she was an was exhibitionist. Fantastic. First of all, she was not a stripper. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, he, I will not have Extreme the name of Kelly Kelly besmirched. <laughs> on my podcast <laughs> yeah you're right absolutely right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no stuff, ecw had its moments yeah that's wrestling if you don't have a, a zombie in your roster that guy i mean actually, that guy p- passed out a few a few months ago i think i, I was deeply sanded by by this loss he passed away really yes i think so well i so, thought he was already dead but yeah. anyways, <laughs> Hall so. of Fame 2023. You heard it here first. Yep. Uh, he'll be inducted by um, The Undertaker. You know, zombies yeah. stick yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what a missed opportunity that was. Zombie versus yeah. Undertaker. That would have yeah, drew money. They, they left money on the table. Well, it's never too late. Well, I guess now it is. But <laughs> fuck him. Uh, <laughs> Maverick Matt here. Coming out in the HBK Chaps. Which is, because uh, before this, it kind of been like, I mean, he had the same hair as Shawn Michaels, similar tights, I guess. But man, he's yeah. really leaning into it now. Yeah, it was like the, the, uh, the old match. He was like, hey, hey, I'm blinking at you. Hey, 
<laughs> like, like something <laughs> like that. Like, like, do you remember me? I'm HBK's cousin. God, it, it's only. I'm trying to think of like other names he could have called himself, like uh, Matt Hickenbottom or uh, Matt Michaels, Michaels Matts. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I guess Michael Shane was bad enough. The Gemini guys did it better, in my opinion. But yes, yeah. So Thanks. I know you're wondering. You're wondering. Yep. By golly, how did this feud start between Lance Hoyt and Maverick <laughs> yeah, Matt? Well, let me tell you. It all started on Explosion, which Ooh. I don't know. Were, were you an Explosion watcher? Of course. I am an Explosion original fan. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You I love, love to explode. TNA. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I had the chance to interview Sari Nauru uh, last year, and he told me he's, he's probably the, the guy who has most matches on Explosion's history. <laughs> Man. That, that, that's very weird. It's like like um like like velocity like i'm trying to think of who would have the most matches on velocity like uh, danny basham probably something stupid yeah, like that rob conway his <laughs> <laughs> heat sunday night heat get it right oh yeah yeah you're right you're right but uh not a lot to this match it's the, the way i saw this match it was two guys that like tna seemed like they wanted to be big deals but weren't yeah. exactly hitting like they wanted them to so it, it's almost felt like this match was a test to see like how they would do if they faced each other. And uh, it's a fine match. There's really nothing to write home about. You have Lance yeah. uh, you know, throwing Matt around, a huge flapjack with one arm. He, uh, Lance Hoyt goes for a moonsault but misses. And then Maverick Matt hits his patented super kick that nobody <laughs> else does. Uh, but then as, but as, this, as this action is getting all hot and heavy, yeah. It cuts up to Jeremy Borash in the middle of the match to the rafters above the ring where Jeremy and Eric Young are standing up there. And there's a whole thing, by the way, the whole kind of underlying story of this show is that uh, Jarrett and all of his crew are looking for Sting. They're looking for Steve Borden, really. Steve Borden, and yeah. uh, Eric Young and Alex Shelley, who we'll see later, have been tasked with uh, looking for Steve and uh, Eric Young, his way of approaching this is to develop flyers to pass out. And uh, how does he distribute these flyers? Well, he stands from the rafters and tosses a big stack of them into the ring. I mean, maybe some people in the crowd caught him. Who knows? But <laughs> flyers just all over the place. It says, uh, have you seen this man on the flyer? And has Steve's face. And uh, Maverick Matt catches one. And I don't know if he can't read or not, but he's very confused. At this flyer, he's like, what intarnation is this? And then he turns around, big boot by Hoyt, and Lance gets the win. And uh, yeah, so was this match just a, <laughs> a foundation for that little deal to happen, I guess? Yeah, I loved it. Five stars. Every well, Lance Hoyt five and a half. Five, five and a half, yeah. You're right. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, how man. Matt, that, whatever you want to call him, Maverick Matt, he isn't in the company too much longer. I think he even goes to WWE for a bit, maybe. Really? Like, I could be wrong. Or maybe it was just like an extra or something. Did, did he have any connection there? You know, I don't know. If only he had some sort of cousin or... Yeah. Sometimes all you need is a cousin in the business. That's how 
that that's how you know how shitty Maverick Matt is. His fucking cousin is Shawn Michaels, and he couldn't even get his foot in the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not, not even as an extra. Not even uh, as a zombie on the first episode of WWE. <laughs> I think he did get, he was like an enhancement talent for like Big Show one time, but that, that was oh. pretty much it. I'm uh, very versed in the, the Wikipedia of Matt Bentley. It's very short. <laughs> it's very short. <laughs> but, um, that cuts to uh, a promo backstage. Uh, Jeremy Borash is standing with a, uh, a four-man team who's going to be in a later match. The baby faces. We got Rhino, Ron Killings, and the du- the Team 3D. Not Team 3D. not the Dudley Boys. Yes. Team 3D. Uh, Rhino grunts for a little bit. Uh, our truth raps. Devon says, "Oh my brother, testify." And Bubba, I don't know. He says something. He go- <laughs> no. He says, "Forget about Destination X. It's Destination War." <laughs> It's a good line, yeah, one, right? One of his best promos. <laughs> Besides ta- Taz, my balls. <laughs> well, that's number one, as we all know. Yeah, of course. Of course it is. He, he gave his best in TNA on the mic. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, probably. Probably not saying a lot. I mean, what he pairing it to him stuttering in ECW, maybe? I don't know. Mm, yeah. Um, but oof. So this next match, we got The Naturals versus Team Canada. Uh, represented by Bobby Roode and Eric Young, and boys, uh, your boys, Canada. your boys, yeah. always loved Team Canada. <laughs> I've always loved them, my boys. What do you What do you think of this match? I wasn't really sure how to think about it. <laughs> I'm always astounded of the of the of the little time that A1 gets in, in any capacity. The, like, uh, they don't, they don't make them wrestle anymore. You're done getting in the ring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hold this flag, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, uh, again, I'm sorry. I don't have like a precise recollection of the sequences because I just enjoyed it. <laughs> just there there enjoyed weren't it. any sequences to remember about this match. Let me tell you. Uh, I'm I'm so uh, every time I see Eric Young, it's very weird because he, he, he has done everything that there is to do in the, in the rest of business. Yeah. Like from comedy act, from uh, uh, like it was the weakest part of Team Canada back in the day. And uh, then he became world champion. And then uh, he, he was a women tag champion with ODB. <laughs> then, I mean, so much crazy shit in his career that you cannot believe. Even in 2014, when, uh, when uh, the TNA mimicked very badly <laughs> the, the Daniel Bryan storyline from WrestleMania 30. And uh, mm. they wanted to make him like their version of Daniel Bryan. So he had this huge beard. <laughs> That's all you did. You have a beard? Yeah. Get out there with the world title. Yeah, exactly. Uh, people will, will yes and chant your name. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Bobby Roode, Bobby Roode was so fucking good even back then. How old was mm. he? Like, was he like in his late twenties? I'd say like. I would guess so. Yeah. Yeah, probably something somewhere like that. in there. It was fantastic. Every movement, every movement he does. Every every. Uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, during that time, he had, like, the Northern Lariat as his finisher. Yes. Which was basically... I thought it was pretty sweet. Which was basically a clothesline, but you you you, you have to hit from the, the back bag. of the head. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was fantastic. Fantastic move. Uh, I, I loved it. I loved everything mm-hmm. he did, really. 
really. And they the commentary was even putting him over really hard. Bobby Roode, Tanae and Wes were like, this guy's a future world champion. Yeah. All that stuff. And he was, he was. Yeah. I was, I was very bummed out when, uh, when he left team Canada to pursue like this, uh, big money gimmick that he had for a while. Mm. Like was very Ric Flair light or something like that. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that wasn't a great, it, it's very similar. Uh, now that I think uh, about it, it's very similar to the glorious gimmick that he has now, but yeah, probably was too early in his career. I don't know. Yeah. That was my introduction to, I guess, Robert Rude at the oh, time. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, he had the, the payoff was his finisher. The, the fisherman suplex, I guess he got into the, yeah. the Northern Lariat at that point, but he had like Tracy Brooks with him, something like that. Yeah. Um, he figured it out though. He figured it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he did. He did pretty, pretty good for himself, one way or another. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So the Naturals, Team Canada. I don't know, man. I feel like I've just seen this match a million times. <laughs> it's like it's fine, but there's no titles on the line. There's no like, like the Naturals are kind of losing steam at this point. They're about to get Shane Douglas, I believe, as their manager, which I think. Yeah. Terrible. Will, does a little, I don't know, I don't remember how good it was or not, but at least it's at least something to uh, differentiate them, I guess. At the time, I had no bloody idea who Shane Naturals was, who Shane Douglas was. And, the Dean. Uh, and yeah, I had no idea because I, I didn't see him in ECW or WWE prior to that. I was like, right. who's this fat middle-aged guy? <laughs> like, I was like, why people are revering him for some way, in, in for some reason? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, the natural were like, in my opinion, they were like the young bucks, but better and earlier <laughs> than them. I don't right. know. Uh, the, uh, I, I, I don't think they were like super talented or something, but more or less everything they did made sense. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and this is a serious question. I wonder whatever the fuck happened to them. I think Ch- I actually asked my last guest when I did a TNA. I think Chase Stevens still wrestles. Like around the Indies, I guess. Andy Douglas, I don't think wrestles anymore. Um, yeah. But they're still, they're still getting at it. They're still getting at it. They, yeah, like they were a really good tag team. Like they weren't yeah. like, like you said, everything they did made sense. Like they knew how yeah. to do a tag team match, and that's always a really valuable thing. Especially like early TNA tag team wrestling was such a a focal point. I mean, yes. they were perfect for that that environment. Yeah, absolutely. So it was Team Canada. But yeah, this match, it was fine. Nothing to write home about, honestly. Uh, but the finish comes when Eric Young comes off the top rope with the hockey stick wrapped in a Canadian flag. Yeah. Cracks it over the head off of one of the naturals, and Bobby Roode makes the pin. Team Canada wins in a very I, Canadian way. Like, holy fuck, don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> that that looked stiff as fuck, man. That yeah. Was- do you, I'm just thinking of this now. Do you think they like gimmick the hockey stick? Is that why they wrap it in a Canadian flag? Maybe it's already a little bit broken. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so because because he took everything, all all all, of, all the shots, a hundred percent force on his forehead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Even if it is, that's gotta you know, it's, a, it's off the top rope, everybody. So yeah. it's gotta be devastating. Maybe the Canadian flag just adds power maybe it gives it a buff of some sort yeah of course it's a superpower yeah yeah well speaking of superheroes god we got bullet bob armstrong in the impact zone 
Oh, what yeah. are your uh, what are what are your thoughts on Bob Armstrong's fit here? <laughs> this young upstart. On the commentary, <laughs> so, someone said, "Oh, those boots are twice as old as as the the youngest member of our roster." Or something. Yeah, yeah, his boots were thirty years old. I think they said. <laughs> yeah. So it's true. And yeah, uh, I mean, okay, the match wasn't wasn't that bad actually. It was mm-hmm. like watchable one way or another but very unnecessary i i i don't know what was like the 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 story behind it but i was like okay you want to have like a little bit of nostalgia with bullet bob i understand that but was it really necessary let me uh, let me refresh you on the backstory i think it might have honestly this whole thing might have kicked off last year at destination x if I remember, it might not have, but it was when the three life crew was yeah. a thing. Uh, Billy Gunn came into the picture. Conan began to distrust BG James because, oh, you're going to go with your old New Age outlaw buddy. And that was yeah. the whole thing. It was a really drawn out thing. Eventually, uh, Conan turns on his boys and uh, starts his own faction, the <laughs> LAX, Latin American Exchange. And uh, uh, Hernandez is not there yet. Uh, The original incarnation of LAX, I don't know if you remember this, was Uh, Homicide, Conan, and Apollo. Not even Machete, it was Apollo. I was like, like, yeah, the the, the forgotten member of the... Yeah, very. Like like the the drummer that the Beatles had before Ringo Starr, which I I, I don't even remember the name at the moment. uh, You know, man. that guy must be very pissed, and uh, Apollo <laughs> should be pissed as well. <laughs> Apollo and Machete. I mean, Machete's here, but he's not there for too much longer, I don't think, because Hernandez eventually comes in and takes his spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, this match is a six-man tag. It's Bob Armstrong, his son, BG James, and uh, his other son, I guess, Kip James. <laughs> they, they kept they kept the kayfabe like during the old commentary. It said, "Okay, Bob Armstrong and his two sons." <laughs> like but nobody's really? questioning why he has a different last name than the other two. Oh, it's the whole thing. Uh, versus uh, the LAX, and uh, so Conan started this whole faction. Um, he, him and his boys. I think this is when Apollo was still there. They beat up Bob Armstrong backstage, mm-hmm. put him in the hospital. Yes. And uh, Bob returned. I don't know if that was the last pay-per-view or on Impact, but he returned and he ran off all three of them because 67-year-old or however old he is, Bob Armstrong's really going to do a number on these guys here, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. But yeah, this is a really long, drawn-out storyline, kind of just the end of the three live crew. But Conan, his boys come out, him and his boys come out. He gets on the mic and he's like, tonight we end this. And like, hopefully, Jesus Christ. Uh, then Bullet Bob and the James gang come out. Bullet Bob has a, a singlet on. A very yes. uh, snug singlet. Uh, one knee pad and 30-year-old boots. Yes. He's, uh, he's ready to wrestle, yeah. this Bob Armstrong is. Uh, so the match happens. It's, it's Honestly, it's kind of short match, but... Uh, Eventually, Bullet Bob gets in there, makes the hot tag, just wreck shop, uh, beats the shit out of Conan, knocks him to the outside, he even like puts Conan on the commentary table and is like punching him. And at every punch, Don West is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. 
Every time I see Don West, I think about you saying, Don West will be excited watching me folding my laundry. <laughs> <laughs> he would. He would make it exciting. I bet yeah, you. Absolutely. <laughs> Are those briefs going to fit in the drawer? <laughs> oh, Don West is the treasure. He's a treasure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but eventually, so Conan's taken out. Uh, Homicide gets taken out with a chair because Homicide goes to hit BG James with the chair, but Bullet stops him, and then BG kicks the chair up into Homicide's face. So he's out of the picture. So now it's just Machete surrounded by the James family, and uh, he gets pinballed by all three of them. BG or uh, Kip James hits the one and only, a huge one, just not into the <laughs> rafters. This uh, is like a cobra clutch, cobra clutch slam of sorts and uh, gets the win. So the James gang gets the win. I would have thought pinning Conan would have been the uh, the more definitive ending to this storyline. But mm-hmm. I don't know how long Machete's there. So maybe it's like, ah, whatever. We're not going to keep Machete. Fuck him. Have him get beat by an old grandpa. So, <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts on this? Uh, no, I said it was an unnecessary match probably but still somewhat enjoyable i would say so yeah you're never gonna say no to old men in singlets no no why should i why should i that starts you at three stars and yeah of course and uh, um you know i have a, a penchant for for visual design and stuff like that and uh, mm. the, the bullet bob logo oh Chef's kiss. Ooh, yeah. Those two yeah. B reverse. How inventive! Yeah, man. The uh, the forties. They knew how to make logos. Let me tell yes. you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, uh, all right. Now to serious business. So now we're backstage with Eric Young and Alex Shelley. Alex Shelley has his Shelley cam, yes. which is you know a video camera, and because uh, like we mentioned earlier, he's they're looking for Sting. We got to find Steve Borden and uh, they think they found him in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you ask? Well, there's a bat and a jacket on the floor of the bathroom. So obviously it must be must be Sting. Yeah, because uh, old Stinger can't shit with a jacket on. Yeah. So I don't blame you. Yeah. I thought when you if you're like wearing a jacket and you have to take a dump, do you take the jacket off? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, I feel like it's like. People say that's a weird thing, but it's like, are you going <laughs> to yes, feel right. like a silly goose? Yeah, I, I have to be quite free and like down under. Down under, you say. Does that mean naked? Yes. It means, <laughs> means genitals. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, only fans backslash last minute podcast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, so they, uh, they go in the bathroom. They see a jacket and a bat on the floor. Somebody's in the stall. So they're ready to attack somebody who had just busted a grumpy inside the stall. <laughs> uh, but it's not Sting. It's AJ Styles comes out. And uh, AJ thinks uh, Eric Young and Alex Shelley are gay because they're in a bathroom together. Uh, yeah. Makes fun of them for that a little bit. And uh, they'll That's never really explain. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Uh, <laughs> it's never really explained why there's a bat in a jacket on the floor but yeah i mean can't can't hedge style hedge styles wear a jacket <laughs> to a bathroom and the bath right yeah that's typical typical aj style when you think about aj 
you you think about like you know the style splash, four fifty splash, and the super elbow or whatever that's called, and a bat and a jacket in the bathroom. Right, it's all, typical. All of those things typical. are uh, a typical Monday night for AJ Styles. Yeah. What's uh man? This next match. So we got an international X division four way match. We got PD Williams versus Chris Sabin versus Sanjay Dutt versus a debuting Puma from New Japan Pro Wrestling. What's your favorite Puma match, Franklin? <laughs> oh, I remember when 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 Puma main evented the Korakuen Hall in uh, oh. 1982 against Tiger Mask Seven. Man, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, he did. He did like the uh, 1058653.2.1 splash oh, from the 11th yeah. rope because back in the day they had much much many ropes and That's a lot uh, of ropes. Yeah, it was like a wall of ropes. You couldn't see anything. Yeah, inside. at what point is it just a wall? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very useful. People paid good money to not see the match, but they've been told. <laughs> but they've been right. told it was so fucking good that Puma deserved his title shot at the X Division title many years later oh. in Impact. So you're saying this match is 20 years in the making? Yes, absolutely. From that cat fight Tw- from 1982. 24 yes. to be precise. Thank you. Thank you. We got, you got to correct me. You got, you got to make sure I'm right. Yeah, um, I, I got to keep you on track. <laughs> so we got international. So we got Canada, USA, India, and Japan represented here. Oh, yeah. Uh, no Italy, s- though. No Italy. No Italy. Why do you ask? Because uh, wrestling wasn't invented in Italy back then. Like, oh, they 2006. <laughs> we, we still, uh, we, uh, it was too early for us. We didn't have it. Look, you guys are just too busy making pizzas and... uh, all day. I guess about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, all day pizza, good-looking women, uh, uh, you know, like... Ferraris. Ferraris, natural, uh, uh, beautiful environment, uh, like sea, mountain, everything. You know, we were too busy. I was trying to make fun of you, but that actually sounds like a great life. So eggs on my face. Uh, yeah, you know all all those good-looking women. Uh, that's disturbing. A disturbing life to live. Somebody's got to do it, though. Yeah, I appreciate you for biting the bullet for all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you have more time to watch Puma matches. <laughs> yes, because as day. you know, my my hobby is just sitting and watching Puma matches for for hours. <laughs> Not well, Prince Puma, by the way. Not Ricochet. No, just Puma. No. Regular old Puma. Wait, 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 what? What? Prince Puma? Was he Ricochet? Didn't know. No, no, no. Actually, I, I'm sorry. They, they had resemblances. Okay. They had similar tattoos. I don't think they were the same. Sim- yeah, not. And they had different the names. Same. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's. And by the way, uh, it goes without saying, but my boy in this match was Pete Williams. He was, yeah, he was. Uh, he held it down. This whole match. I mean, this might have been. I'm trying to think, might have been match of the night for me. This match. <laughs> The Ultimate X was really good. Probably. Yeah, probably. But I, I might say really this match. Good, but not as good as, you know, the famous three-way match that they had a year prior right. to that and Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. But I, I don't want to, to, to jump ahead. No, no, go for it, man. Um, 
But I mean, yeah, there's a really fast paced match. It's kind of hard to take notes on it because there's just so much shit happening here. Um, but Puma's in there because I was unfamiliar with Puma. Um, but he has like this kind of kickboxing style to him along with, the you know, normal X division, you know, pretty fast paced style. So I thought Puma looked really good in this match. He had a lot of crazy like pin combinations yeah. and submissions. Like, it, was, it was really fun to watch. And I think he gelled with these guys really well. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts of this match was when uh, Petey goes for the O Canada, which is when he has a, his opponent in a trio woe and he sticks his foot in their balls and does the <laughs> O Canada and he sings it. He, he goes for it on, I think it was Sanjay, but Chris Sabin prevents it. He stops him from doing that. But then like five minutes later, Karma comes back around and Sabin gets the old Canada right in the old Sabin. So uh, that was good storytelling there, I thought. But uh, yeah, lots of dives, lots of kicks. Um, and any particular thing stick out to you in this match? Oh, uh, the finish was fantastic. I I, I love the, um, what's it called? The cradle bomb, the finisher of, of Chris. Cradle Sabin. shock. Cradle shock, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, I've always liked that move. That that, that looks fantastic. And uh, I, I remember yeah, again back in the, back in the day, I I never really noticed like that it was a cruiserweight basically. So mm-hmm. I, I thought that he could technically perform that that same move on the Big Show or some or people like that, you know, or Lance Hoyt. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just, <laughs> just to tell you how, how just to tell you how down I was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, you never know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the ending stretch, like you said, of this match was on fire. Uh, uh, Petey Williams goes for the destroyer onto Sanjay, but Sanjay blocks it into a like a dude buster, so like a reverse pile driver of sorts. Um, crowd pops for it hard, and uh, Sabin or Sanjay goes to hit Sabin with a Rana, but Sabin holds on and hits a double power bomb onto Sanjay. The second one was like a spinning sit-out power bomb. It looks sick. Um, but ultimately, PD hits the Canadian destroyer onto Sanjay. And uh, as PD is kind of like still on the ground after this Canadian destroyer, Sabin picks him right up from the ground, hits the cradle sh- or tries to go for the cradle shock. PD fights out. Puma back in the game with a springboard blockbuster on the PD. And then uh, Saban hits the cradle shock onto Puma and gets the win. And yeah, really, I mean, if, if you are going to watch one match from this show, it would be this one, in my opinion. I thought it was great stuff all around. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably probably it was. Yeah. And because um, I think they have like their international. Wasn't that like a thing? They had like an international tournament of sorts. Yeah. Yeah, they did that. They, they X Cup or something. Yeah, they actually did that. And uh, uh, I, but I can't I can't recall at the time, like like I know that in the earlier uh, like more recent years, they did something like that, like in 2010 or something. But at the time, I don't mm-hmm. remember like who participated in, the, in that kind of tournament. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll, we'll keep watching and we'll see. Yes, we'll discover that. <laughs> so uh, we got a war on our hands. There, Frank, we got uh, the team. It's an eight man tag. The team of Rhino, Ron Killings and Team 3D versus the team of Abyss, AMW and Jeff Jarrett, accompanied by Gail Kim, Jackie Gata and James Mitchell. What a crew. What a crew. Yeah. The, this is like 
pick TNA in a nutshell, if you ask me. Jackie Gaeta? Jackie Gaeta, especially. Yeah. Especially. I mean, you have everything, the good, the bad, the terrible, and everything in between. And uh, yeah. even Jeff Jarrett was bearable here in this match, more or less. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a, a freaking AMW mark, best team in TNA history, no no doubt about it, in my opinion. I'm with and, you. And uh, yeah, and the Ron Killings had had his WWE team. I mean, the yeah, w, that, the, that caught the me off guard too. The team that he uses now in WWE. I did not re- recall that he used that. The same team back in TNA. I think that that should be a first. That should be a first time. Uh, I don't think any other wrestler used the same team in TNA that when after they made the jump in WWE. Hmm. I know Braden yeah. Walker didn't. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have saved Braden Walker if he had the yeah. AMW theme. That's all he needed. That's yes. all he needed. Yeah, I don't think... Because I know... I mean, Christian uses it in AEW. Yes. But otherwise, and Jarrett uses it in other places. But yeah, in WWE, I'm sure somebody will uh, let us know we're wrong. But I can't think of anybody offhand other than... Let us know, let us know truth. down in the comment below. How about how about you guys clam up and just d- don't correct us, okay? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Just, just leave a comment about Jackie Gata. Better like, off. Chill out. Gata <laughs> or, or about Gail Kim. Yes. Yes. The two women on the roster. Yes. Um, so I don't know if you got this from uh, from watching, but the story with Jackie Gata is that she's being blackmailed, essentially. So Jackie, I don't even know what they were trying to do here. She comes into the company. She's she's acting like she has something on Jeff Jarrett. She's like, I, I have something on you that's going to tear this whole company down. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So they get Alex Shelley. To uh, go to her house and film her fucking, I think. I think it's the story. It's kind of implied. So I guess they have like a sex tape or something on Jackie Gata. So they're like, hey, you be in our faction or we're going to release your your chaunch to the public. And so she's like, okay. Uh, so that's where we're at. That's, so that's why she's like huffing and puffing with them. Doesn't really want to be there. But uh, yeah, so good stuff going on there. So is it implied, is it implied that Jeff Jarrett was masturbating to Jackie Gata? I think so. I think so. He was stroking his guitar, as some say, playing he, the keys. He will. He will have uh, play her clitor for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. Uh, but the match starts off. Everybody kind of pairs off. They're fighting all over the impact zone in the crowd on the stage ringside. Yeah, it's a fucking mess. I thought this is what the whole match. <laughs> was going to be, but they uh, eventually they make their way back to the ring. I mean, before the match starts, there's like chairs involved and Rhino and Abyss are fighting up in the bleachers. At the, the last pay-per-view, Rhino uh, speared Abyss through the barricade up there and drove him through a bunch of tables, so they kind of replayed that. Yeah. But this time, Abyss was wise to it and he reversed it. But uh, Damn it. So yeah, do, do, you, do you think this match would have been better off if it feels more like a street fight kind, kind of deal? Yeah, probably because that's what they did anyway. At least, at least in the beginning portion. So yeah, yeah. But let me correct you. You said you said Rhino speared Abyss. No. Oh shit. He, he fucking gored. Uh, yeah, fucking I'm, I'm gored so sorry. I, I feel terrible for even <laughs> for even thinking something like that. Yeah, they're not even <laughs> kind of close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
everyone knows the difference. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think we already had a similar discussion. Like uh, uh, it was, it was about the difference between an extreme rules match, hardcore match, no holes barred, and that, you know, <laughs> like, like what? Okay. Well. It was always my favorite. Like on like Taboo Tuesday when they would have fans vote, it'd be like, "Well, you want to see a, a no TQ street fight or no holds barred?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fools count anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, and somehow, like, an arm wrestling match would win or something. It's something stupid like that. But, uh, I don't know what this match is classified. It's just an eight-man tag team match. Yes. It it was really kind of built up as, like, a war, but kind of just ended up being a match. Um, It got kind of fun at the end, though. I mean, uh, the beginning, they're kind of just beating up on Rhino. Uh, The crowd's chanting, broke back mountain at AMW, which I guess is a just came out at this point, which is uh, fun because yeah. they're cowboys. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was that year. Now that I think about yeah. it. <laughs> it's good stuff. Very topical, very topical <laughs> for the time. Uh, I thought it was a good movie, yeah. personally. I don't, I, don't, I don't like them, you know, <laughs> think of this some sort of insult, you know? Uh, actually, I don't think I ever saw the movie, but yeah. Oh, yeah, you should give it a watch. It's yeah. uh, it's probably on the same site that you watch this pay-per-view on. Yeah. Um, some scenes are at least some but scenes, yeah. they might not be actually from the movie but they might be parodies but you know you, you, you get it you get the gist you get the gist so you're telling me that uh when i watched she hulk with china wasn't the, the new marvel uh, marvel technically uh, i think TV that's series? the original so okay. uh i think people are kind of playing off of china yeah probably. so was that wasn't the one with Vince McMahon, right? That, there were different no. videos? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There was also the uh, XXX Avengers, where she, she starred as well as, as She-Hulk. Right. You seem to know a lot about this this film. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm an MCU fan. Uh, right. Is it, isn't, that, isn't that the same movies that everybody's talking about? Yeah, yeah. When you, you have to watch them in order, you have to watch that to get okay, okay. the yeah, context okay, okay. of the storyline. Okay, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, if you miss that one, you just miss so much of the the plot. So, yeah, you will never you you will never know you will never understand what happens, uh, like in uh, like Ant Man and the Wasp. If you miss if you miss out on She, right? Yes. Yeah. So everybody, make note. Go back and watch She Hulk if you haven't already. Before uh, starring whatever they're at the next Marvels, starring China, of course, course. Um, and Johnny Sins. But we have uh, a wrestling match here. Uh, towards Sorry. the end, Sorry, <laughs> no, I'd rather talk about She Hulk. I would rather talk about She Hulk than this match, honestly. But <laughs> it gets uh, you get some TNA ness at the end here. So uh, right, or our uh, truth gets the hot tag, mm-hmm. and the crowd's really behind Truth here. I mean, he's bouncing off all, bouncing off everywhere. He's kind of fresh off a of three live crew. He's finally on his own even though he's in a tag team here, but he's like his own man, basically Um, crowds into it. James Mitchell hands Jarrett a guitar. Jarrett swings it at truth, but truth does the splits to avoid it. Uh, Rhino hits Jarrett with a gore. and The guitar just goes flying as he gets it gored out of his hands. Fantastic. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Abyss hits the black hole slam on Rhino. Gail Kim in trying to interfere. Uh, but the, but the Bubba Ray, like, what's he do? Was it, yeah, was it was it like 
was it like trying to 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 power bomber or something like that? Um, so he Bubba Ray, he I think he like body slams Gil Kim. Uh, wait, what happens here? So th- whatever happens, there is a double waza headbutt. Uh, <laughs> Bubba yeah. has one of the guys I forget which one, but Bubba tells Jackie Gata to get in the ring to uh, hold up Gail's legs for our truth to come off the top rope with a leg to the vag. So uh, that happens. <laughs> um, I like that truth uh-huh. went legs first. He's a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> As we all know, you don't just headbutt a girl on the first yeah. date. You go yeah, legs first into the vag. Of course, it was about to get a big push, as we all know. So he didn't want to like to to not be a gentleman. Yeah, that's very smart on his part. Uh, Abyss in trying to choke slam Jackie Gata. Mm -hmm. Devon makes the save, and the Dudleys hit a huge 3D on Abyss. Uh, But Devon gets the death sentence from AMW, and then uh, the AMW guys they take Truth into the corner to try to handcuff him into the corner. Uh, so the AM, James Storm, Chris Harris, they're all in the corner. They got truth in the corner. They got the handcuffs. You kind of, the, the camera shots kind of from behind. <laughs> then uh, I think it's James Storm walks away and then truth walks away. And then Harris is handcuffed to the turnbuckle. So he did some magician. Yeah. He did some magic shit there. Um, and then truth, it's the ax kick on storm makes the cover one, two, and then the ref feels a really great camera shot. You just see the ref get pulled out of frame by yeah. Jeff Jarrett. Gets pulled out of the ring. Uh, Truth goes to hit the axe kick on Jeff Jarrett. But uh, Chris Harris, even though he's handcuffed to the turnbuckle, he trips up Truth. Jarrett hits the stroke for the win onto Truth. And uh, yeah, so that's a match that happened. Thoughts? Best match of the night by far. <clears throat> match of the year for me. About the match oh, yeah? that I saw this year. Okay, no. like compared to 2022. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. It was so it was so ahead of its time that 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 you could not comprehend it. Ahead of its time, while making Brokeback Mountain references. Yeah, yeah. of course, of course. That's so. the future, my my dear. <laughs> I mean, we're about <laughs> well. It's been almost 20 years. We were that we're due for a a remake of Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. I mean, mix it up with She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah. The uh, what do you call it when two when two shows combine? She will break everybody's back mountain with her huge clit. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you gave me like a thousand guesses on what t- your next sentence was going to be, it wouldn't. It would not have. I would not have gotten it. Me um, neither. <laughs> Well, speaking of huge clits, we got Jeff Jarrett on the mic. Yeah. And um, he's asking where Sting is because they still haven't found Sting or Steve. Yeah. Uh, just like you can't find the clitoris, but they can't find Sting, <laughs> Sting either. Um, so Jarrett leads a 10 count. He's like, hey, Steve, if you don't come out here after I count to 10, that means you're a quitter. So Jarrett counts to 10, really dr- draws it out. He gets to nine, and it's like a minute later until he says 10. Yes. And nothing happens. No Steve, no Sting, no, uh, what were those other gimmicks? Does so, Sting have any other gimmicks? So anticlimactic, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, okay, nothing happens. It, it, it could have counted faster, <laughs> like, if 
if they knew <laughs> it was the outcome. Uh, but uh, let me ask let me ask a quick question. Go for since, it. Since you're an American, I see a lot of American people using the word quitter as an insult. As a, as a it, it seems like a pretty big deal from the outside yeah. looking in. Is it? Quitter. I think it's. I think now I think it's kind of phased out. It's kind of like chicken. Yeah. Like okay. people don't really call people chickens anymore. A quitter was kind of like a mid two thousands. You're a quitter. Yeah. I guess I mean, kind yeah, of. Yeah, but, but even, even less, with this, when CM Punk left WWE, oh, he's a quitter. Is a why? Why he was miserable? <laughs> yeah, he quit because he didn't like the thing. <laughs> yeah, he was miserable. Should should have stayed there. In your opinion? What the fuck? Yes. Like, Yes. And uh, for what I get here from the outside is that it's, it seems like a really big deal if you call someone a quitter. Oh, well. No. Steve Borden is, uh, he, he didn't take too kindly to that, I don't think. Yeah. Um, maybe he was just still in the stall taking a shit. I mean, who yeah. knows? Maybe he was in another stall. Maybe AJ and Sting were next to each other, <laughs> just yeah, dropping probably. the Cosby probably. kids to the pool and they didn't check the other stall. So. That's the story that I gathered from this. That's probably why he didn't come out. He's probably very uh, and that's why that's why uh, AJ did the the homophobic joke because he was like nervous to admit the reality of his homosexuality. Oh. So, so he wanted like yeah. to play it cool, but he couldn't. <laughs> I like I like the the premise that whenever AJ Styles gets nervous, he just turns to homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably given what we know about him and sting uh, as well they're both like uh super super into uh, into jesus or something like that uh that's, mm. that's probably their 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 wettest dream their wettest tra- transgression uh, to yeah. be caught to be caught in a, in a bathroom together from uh, eric <laughs> young and uh, actually specifically it has to be those two guys catching them too yeah, of course I get it. I get it. Um, but speaking of wet dreams, we got... And we cover blasphemy tonight as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Of course. I, have, I have so many things to check in my list. Yeah, you better keep track of that. You better be writing it down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got Ultimate X match up next. Triple threat. We got Samojo defending the X Division title against Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles. Um, and so naturally, never lost. Right. So they made it very clear with like the uh, the X factors at the beginning that Samoa Joe, his title's at stake, but not his unbeaten streak. They made it very clear in the beginning, in yeah. the middle, and the end that even if he loses, he's still undefeated. Which you know, yeah, I guess a little bit of mental gymnastic. <laughs> like, like, no, 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 no. Don't worry if he loses. We can still like treat him as as our Goldberg, but better. Yeah. Then they explicitly uh, mentioned they mentioned Goldberg with uh, when JB is interviewing Samoa Joe. Yes, yes they do. J- Jeremy Borash is like, "Whoa, when people are comparing you to Goldberg with your undefeated streak," and Joe's like, "It's never about who's next. It's about who's left." But fucking, that, that was a great great sentence. It was it was one of the best sentences of the night, I think. I loved it. Uh, but the story here, so Joe, as we mentioned, is undefeated for nine months. He's been undefeated, and uh, the X division or the Ultimate X element is kind of the uh, the uh, what do you call it? The uh, makes it even. It makes mm-hmm. it even, 
And because uh, Daniels and AJ Styles are, uh, they've had several X, uh, Ultimate X matches. They're also considerably smaller and more limber and agile than Samoa yes. Joe. So the story of the match is, can Samoa Joe get his big fat ass up on those cables and grab the belts? Spoiler alert, he can't. Yeah. I thought st- he would, man. I thought he was going to get up there and just grab it, but uh, that's too. not what happened. Me too, actually. But uh, I, I'm actually, for once, I'm surprised that they didn't make uh, more fat jokes. Like it was. Uh, <laughs> like, so, yeah, kudos they to get, you. They get those DNA. all out of the way with uh, Scott Demore calling him a big load. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's always Don West, too. It's like, Don, you're kind of the same size, but yeah. uh, <laughs> it is what and it not is. Not nearly as athletic. Yeah, well, I haven't seen Don West wrestle, so who are we say? Have you? Uh, it takes, no, it takes and uh, it takes some good conditioning to call a match like he does. So, yeah, probably. Yeah, with how uh, his cardio must be insane with how yeah. fired up he gets. Uh, but AJ, so the match starts. AJ and Daniels both immediately start climbing up to climb the cables, but Joe keeps stopping them. That's kind of the story of the match. Joe's more focused on just beating the shit out of these guys rather than climbing the cables because he knows he needs a lot of time. So he needs to uh, eliminate them, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniels and AJ kind of team up kind of off and on in this match. They had a total elimination on Joe, which looks sick. Better than yes. the Perry Saturn team ever did. <laughs> um Joe is one spot where Joe backdrops AJ to the outside onto Daniels. And then Joe with a huge like barrel roll tope to the outside. I would hate to have Samoa Joe in the air about to land on me. I don't know about you. Yeah, but that looks so freaking cool. To me, to me that was the, the 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 coolest move of the evening. Possibly. It's up there. Every time um, you see, every time you see Samoa Joe fly is something. Oh, it's it never gets old. It's a spectacle, yeah. He's an Airbus. Uh, but Joe, so he's, he's, he's eliminated these two guys for a little bit. So he tries to climb, but he just, he gets on cables and it just falls. Cause he's a big boy, I guess. Slippery, it's slippery up there. Yeah. But then, uh, so he's down AJ and Daniels get back in there. They take out Joe, uh, AJ climbs up to the top rope. Daniels follows him. And then AJ like climbs up on the truss. Cause it's like. On the four corners of the ring, there's like these big metal trusses with the cables all around are attached to them. AJ kind of climbs up a little bit, so he's higher than the top rope, and yes. he jumps off it and hits a sunset flip power bomb onto Daniels off the top rope, which looked sick. So, yes. so beautiful. Um, and this allows AJ to uh, get up there and start climbing towards the belt, but Joe's back up and he rips him off into an atomic drop. Once again, that looked horrific to take. That another, poor AJ is high risk atomic drop for night. <laughs> high risk atomic drop. That is uh that should have been the pay-per-view name, I think. <laughs> it sounds like a cocktail, actually. <laughs> I bet it is. If it's not, it's about to be. Hey, I want I want a Manhattan uh, Long Island B fifty two and a high risk atomic drop. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a thing. They probably uh, whip something up for you. It should be. Should be. Um it's probably like a fireball drink. When that yeah. thing like the atomic, isn't that like a candy, like a cinnamon candy? Atomic balls or something? Maybe they're not over. You, oh, you guys just have pizza. I forgot. Yeah. I and mean, uh, Strombolis. I'm, in, I'm into cocktails, but uh, I, I am old fashioned. So 
as you can tell from my shirt. So right. So, <laughs> so yeah, I know the classic ones. Of course, of course. But yes, the high risk atomic drop. Yes. Uh, Joe just starts going ballistic. He hits a huge boot onto AJ, a senton, gives Daniels a brutal looking face wash in the corner. But then AJ and Daniels team up on Joe again, and they hit a double team muscle buster onto Samoa Joe, which is pretty nice. And yes. so they've taken out Joe for the time being. AJ and Daniels start going at it. AJ hits a beautiful looking Pele. AJ starts climbing again, gets close to the belt, but Joe in throws a chair at him, knocks AJ off. Daniels drop kicks the chair after Joe picks it back up into Joe's face. Daniels gets up there, climbs the ropes, but this time wraps his legs around the cables so nobody can stop him and uh, is able to get the belt. And Christopher Daniels wins the match and is the new yeah. X Division champion. Yeah. Good stuff. I, I didn't I didn't see that coming. I didn't uh, either at all. Yeah, I, I thought Joe could, could retain. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe because the other two, which on and off uh, on their TNA careers, they've always been like uh, the bestest of friends and the worstest mm-hmm. of enemies. Like, you know, so that in this case, it could have been like a moment uh, of, of, of breaking uh, like a friendship or something like that. But no. Uh, mm-hmm. At least not for now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the whole story was that like AJ and Christopher Daniels, they both support like the the code, you know, shake hands before and after and all that stuff. Uh, so they shake hands after the match. And meanwhile, Joe's outside of the ring, like throwing stairs around and mm-hmm. just being a madman. So that really uh, was a good kind of cap on that story. And I'm, I'm a bit fuzzy on where we go from here. Like for these three guys, like I know Joe eventually faces Kurt Angle. I know AJ and Daniels eventually are like facing LAX for the tag titles. But in between now and then, which is like bound for glory time, I'm kind of fuzzy on where these guys go from here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recall it as well. Uh, Daniels is X Division champion, which is always good. I know it's only a matter yes. of time before like Loki gets there and Saban and the other guys from the X division match earlier become bigger deals. So, cause like these three guys have kind of monopolized the, uh, X division championship for yeah. a few months at this point. So be fun to get some new guys in there. I think abyss as well will become champion. Like for, it, I think it was X division champion, like for a very little bit. Uh, huh. I think that's, I could be wrong. I think that's a few years after this, but I could I, be wrong. I don't know because I, I recall he, he had, that that belt that uh, version of the x division title i'm sure about right. this so and i think they changed it later like around 2008 2009 they changed mm-hmm. the design of the belt a little bit but well whatever whatever let's no, see no, no. let's see uh, let's wait and see well we'll wait and see yes we will um but that brings us to the main event the nwa world championships on the line we got the champion, Christian Cage, defending against the alpha male, Monty Brown. From the Serengeti. From the Serengeti. Wait, is it the Serengeti or the peep zone? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice question. Uh, yeah, he says that he, he wants to bring the title back to the Serengeti. <laughs> I think the title has never been to the Serengeti before, so... I don't know why I said that. <laughs> you sure? There's never been an NWA title match in the Serengeti? 
not just that, but uh, he never possessed the belt before that uh-huh. or after. Like it's That's a good point. <laughs> so, well, anyway, we sure not one of the uh, Tiger Mask number twelve wasn't from the Serengeti and wasn't NWA yeah. champion. Yeah, when but uh, it, you you have to know that in the Serengeti they had a strict no uh, no cameras policy. So there is oh. no, no no recorded proof that, uh, that 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 the title changed hands in Serengeti. Right. Yeah, that's an aspect I didn't take into account. Yeah, that's why you're here to give me all the facts. Of so. course. As you can tell from my African heritage, because of the uh, because of this shirt. I mean, you're wearing an African shirt, so you're obviously African. Of course. Um, Can't you tell? So, yeah, just like Lindsay Lohan and uh, Mean Girls. <laughs> um, by the way, by the way, as a good friend of mine, uh, Omar from Playyard Wrestling, uh, Playyard, I don't know, probably Playyard Wrestling. Um, he always he always says that Italians are people of color, and I agree. I, I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> what I, color are you, Frank? I am like we call it olive, which is like uh, like like a, a bit of a darker shade of what you see now at the moment on my skin, uh-huh. because usually we change a lot. That that's why he says that we are people of color because during the winter we are like very pale, but. During the summer, we get like bronzed and stuff like that. So, so I I, I, I kind of agree with him about about it. So you're a you're a POC half the year is what you're telling yes, me. Yes, half of the year. But I am an OG Latin a hundred percent the whole year. Okay, okay, that's pretty convenient that you can kind of pick and choose when you're. Yeah, of course. Person of color, yeah. Look, I can't hate it. I can't. I'm, I'm a Filipino, so I'm kind of the same. Like in the winter, I like I look pale right now because I'm in the light, but it's uh, I turn, I get a little orange. I'm in the sun a little bit, so uh-huh. sympathize. I sympathize, okay. uh, or empathize. But speaking of which, so we got Monty Brown here, and uh, so the story here. So Christian just recently won the title from Jeff Jarrett at the previous pay per view, mm-hmm. and uh, Jarrett had promised Monty Brown a title shot. Before he lost the title, but then Jarrett loses the title. But I guess that promise is still a binding agreement, I guess. Yeah. So uh, Christian has to defend it against Monty Brown here. Uh, and uh, Christian got pounced off the stage on impact and went ribs first into the barricade, which looked pretty, uh, pretty nasty. Yeah, it was a so pretty nasty landing. Yeah. His ribs are broken, Christian's, and that's pretty much the story of the match. Uh, Monty spends a lot of this match attacking the ribs, whether it's, you know, suplexes or throwing them into barricades, suplexing them onto the ropes. Uh, there's one point where Christian's on the apron and Monty's in the ring. Monty like whips Christian into the ring post on the apron, which it just looked uh, brutal. But uh, the match, I mean, it was a fine match with Monty Brown. Like, look, you're not going to find two bigger Monty Brown fans and are right here. No, no, no. I feel like, do you think his, do you think his charisma translates to his in-ring stuff? Um, yes, usually, usually does not in this match. Yeah. In this match, there was something missing in my opinion. It wasn't a bad match by, by any means, but from Monty, there was something missing. I mean, Christian was fantastic. He is, we are seeing it. Now, nearly 20 years later, that his heel work is superb. And uh, right. at the time, he was 
really untouchable as as the EO uh, champion. Uh, but Monty Brown probably is one of those cases that uh, he is better at chasing the, the, the belt than actually being champion. And, uh, mm-hmm. of course, he did not win, uh, unfortunately. But uh, even in this match, probably felt the pressure of it. I don't know. It, it, it was like he wasn't unleashed as, as he, he usually is. So probably that's the problem. I kind of had a similar feel of it. It's almost like he was nervous a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. he just, like you said, he felt the, it's a pay-per-view main event for the title. Like yes. he hasn't really been, it hasn't been had a spotlight like this on him in TNA at this point or anywhere, I guess, in wrestling. So yeah, it's a big I, moment I, for him facing Christian. I think, I think he will never get this as, as close to his title, if I'm correct. I don't think so. No, I think this is pretty much his, uh, his peak as far as his position on the card. If yeah, I remember because, correctly. Yeah, because like not so many months removed from, from that, Kurt Angle will debut in TNA and that changes everything about the yeah. the, the hierarchy. So yeah. I don't even know if Monty is he even I think he might leave before Kurt Angle gets there. Hmm. Maybe I'm off a year or so, but he was okay, he was in ECW for sure in 2007 because he was at WrestleMania that year. Right. So yeah, 2007. Probably, yeah, probably probably he might leave like before Kurt Angle arrives in TNA. Mm-hmm. It's probably around that time yeah. somewhere for sure. Um but good little showing from Monty. He he hits an F5 at <laughs> some point in this match which is surprising to see. Yeah. Uh pretty good looking one too. Yes. But uh, an alpha bomb from Monty Brown, which is like a fire, uh, yeah, fall away slam position, throws him up into a power bomb. Only gets a two count, though. Uh, there was one aspect of this. There was like a little thing Christian did. So at one point he goes for a frog splash, but misses, mm-hmm. which is very stu- even commentary is like, that was kind of a dumb move on his part because he has yeah. injured ribs. But then uh, later in the match, he like knocks Monty down off the top rope and he, he Christian goes to the top rope or he's already on the top rope. And instead of going for a frog splash, he hits a back senton, which I feel like that would still hurt your ribs, but maybe it's like a little less impactful on the ribs, but I feel like that's kind of like what he was trying to do there and like little yeah. things like that. Um, that's why Christian's so good in my opinion. But um, towards the end, Monty goes for the pounce. Christian blocks it with a boot. Mm-hmm. And then Monty then tries to do an alpha bomb again, but Christian fights out. Hits the unprettier, gets the one, two, three. So Christian beats Monty Brown, retains the title. And uh, yeah, so that's the match here. But I feel like the real story yeah. is what happened after. Um, which Jared a, comes out. Which was a, a pretty long after, actually. Yeah, damn near as long as the. Yeah, we're man, talking about was. Tw- 10, 12 minutes. A lot happened. A lot happened. Um, so Jeff Jarrett comes out. Jarrett wants his rematch. For the title, and he wants it right now. Christian's like, "Look, man, I can't. My hands are tied. I got. I would, but I can't. You know, it's kind of. You, 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 I feel like you could, Christian, if you really wanted to. But he's like, oh no, like, geez, I wish I could, but I don't want to. I mean, there's a degree of bureaucracy you have to go through different. <laughs> a lot of red tape and uh, like you know, send 
letters, like physical letters, not, not emails to ask permission, you know. Maybe a fax or two. Maybe a fax. It takes time. It, takes time. <laughs> it does. Forget it. Come on, Jeff. You, you know this. <laughs> uh, but Christian and Jarrett, they brawl in the middle of the ring. Monty Brown comes back in, beats up on Christian. Jarrett and Monty Brown are both double teaming him. And then afterwards, you have uh, Abyss comes out to uh, join in on beating up Christian. Mm-hmm. But then Rhino comes out to uh, try to even the odds. But then out comes Team Canada, AMW, Alex Shelley. So it's just a, a bukkake of men in there just beating <laughs> down on Christian. Uh, Abyss hits the shock treatment on Christian. Chris Harris handcuffs him to the ropes. Now, I'm, I'm reading all this. This is probably why I was on that porn site. A lot of BDSM happening right here. Um. Yep. So Christian's handcuffed to the ropes. As you know, the important thing is how you categorize your videos to be found. So yeah, BDSM, man on man, right, twelve on one, and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's probably in the tags of the uh, yes, yes. the video. Was uh was belt whipping also <laughs> in the title maybe? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, that happened. A lot of that happened. Uh, somebody takes their belt off. I don't know who it was, but uh, everyone just passes this belt around, and just spanking Christian with it. Yes, that looks painful. Oh, a belt? Yeah, I mean everybody with Abyss, Scott Demore, yeah. Gail Kim, I think. So yeah, I wouldn't want to take that. Those lashes. But yeah. then uh, see, so got like I don't know how many guys in there. Fifteen guys beating up on Christian. Well, you better send in a fifty-year-old man in there to to stop this. Steve Borden gets in the ring, not Sting, doesn't even have a bat. It's just regular ass Nike t-shirt. Steve Borden gets in there. (laughs) Which leaves the question, whose jacket was in the bathroom? (laughs) (laughs) Because because he didn't have a bat, he didn't have the jacket. So (laughs) Yeah, maybe he just forgot it. He he had one of those life-altering dumps and he just couldn't, he didn't even wash his hands. He had, oh, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah, no bat. It's just staying with his stupid back fist forearms or whatever you call that. Uh, literally, I mean, there's 15 people in there. St- Steve just takes out everybody, one after the other. Um, Scorpion Deathlock on Jeff Jarrett. Nobody's helping him. They're all kind of just watching from the outside. Bobby Roode's like, oh, God. But he's like, let's get in there, Bobby. Uh, but maybe they're just waiting for their... Uh, their hero to make the save to save their buddy Jeff Jarrett. Yep. Holla, if you hear me. Whoo! Scott Steiner debuts in TNA. Big Papa Pump gets in there, takes out Sting belly to belly on. Or sorry, Steve, belly to belly on Steve. It's a Goldberg chant. Which was that like a rumor that Goldberg was going to debut too? Uh, probably. Probably. <laughs> like yeah, at I, this point, fuck it. Everybody yeah. from WCW. I mean, they had uh, Macho Man Randy Savage like a couple of years before. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, nothing is off the table. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, this is Scott puts the Steiner recliner onto Steve. Jarrett, still like sitting down, has a guitar in his hand, crawls over in front of Sting or in front of Steve. Guitar to the head of Steve <laughs> as he's in the Steiner recliner. Yeah. It, the, uh, these TNA guitars, they are so aesthetically pleasing. Like, they explode so dramatically. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. 
and and they must put like a lot of baby powder in there because every time <laughs> they yeah. there's this this puff <laughs> right unless maybe it'll sting's face paint but he wasn't wearing any so yeah it must be but i don't know uh, if you notice uh, like somebody i think uh scott steiner had like some some paint on his face i was like what no not scott steiner uh steve borden he had like uh, a few white like white stripe here of paint mm. i was like what the fuck like this like when he looks human he is painted like his normal form <laughs> is is like black and white that must be the only because it was like uh like like it, the the human makeup was coming off <laughs> like, <Right>. <laughs> so he just wakes up like that is what you're telling me <laughs> yeah it's not face paint at all it's just no. his skin i mean we've been uh we've been lied to for all these years i feel i feel appalled to be honest <laughs> yeah. i feel i feel deceived maybe maybe it's like from the same species of Danhausen. Mm. Or maybe transitioning from Steve Borden to Sting is a gradual process. So mm. like every day it's a little more white, a little more white than a month later it's full white face. Yeah. Uh, so many questions. So many questions and... Uh, so little time to ask them. So <laughs> why was the bat... Whose bat was in the bathroom? Bat That's... Somebody get somebody on the horn. We got to know whose jacket and bat were on this Orlando bathroom floor as AJ Styles was taking a dump. We got to know. <laughs> yeah. We got to know. As you as you can can say like spotless writing from the TNA crew. <laughs> yep, as it always was. As they always have been. <laughs> well, that's what we said in the beginning. There's a lot of good. You know, you have the the Ultimate X, you have the X Division stuff um monty brown's great but then you have you know some of the writing and then uh matt maverick matt so you kind of get it all (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah man that uh that brings destination x 2006 to a close you have any other uh thoughts uh any anything we missed uh i I think there was after the first or second match there was like a, a backstage interview with monty brown and mm, it was right. really, really hyped up, like it always is, uh, on the mic. And uh, when he was about to say pounds, someone interrupted him. I don't remember. Larry Zabisco. Larry Zabisco. Fuck him. Fuck that guy. Yeah. He really is. A he, he, that's why Monty Brown lost, is because he yeah. just blue balled him at the beginning. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> this Larry Zab. Uh, Living legend, old, my ass. Good old Uncle Larry. He will never change. Stupid Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Well, not nothing to do with my African shirt. I was about to say, there's nothing stupid about your shirt or anything you do. Uh, Frank, well, once again, man, thank you for uh, taking the time to watch the show. <laughs> Come on, talk some tits and ass. Where can everybody find you, listen to you, watch you, tickle you, all that stuff? Um, they say you can find me by uh, typing LMW podcast, like on every social media. Uh, which stands for Last Minute Wrestling Podcasts, uh, which you can find on, well, wherever you get your podcast from, probably on YouTube as well, uh, when I remember to upload the videos of the interviews. Uh, yeah, I interview wrestlers and mostly people working within the business. So a lot of crazy shit, a lot of crazy stories, hopefully. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be here. This is the third time that I come here on the show. And I'm yeah. such an asshole that I never invited you back. So <laughs> we should really, really, really make up for that. Because, hey, man. Because as, as I, I always say, I think that your format of this show, uh, of the apron bump, is like one of the, one of the, the most uh, smart, ironic, and, uh, and interesting to listen to. Because oh, let's face you. it, a lot of the wrestling podcasts are god-awful shit. And hmm? uh, this one isn't. So, congrats. That's the nicest thing everybody's ever said to me. <laughs> that I'm not shit. No, I appreciate that. I really do. And yeah, I'll, I'll come on your show once. I'll, I'll make sure I have my dashiki ready yes. for when I come on the Last Minute Wrestling Podcast. Perfect. Perfect. We, sh- we should do something crapping all over the podcasting, wrestling podcasting scene. That would be fantastic. That would oh, be man. hilarious. We're going to be canceled together. Are you happy about it? <laughs> you can't cancel both of us. <laughs> No, yeah, we'll, we'll shit on some people. Yeah, especially, let me tell you about this guy. So this... Once again, thank you to Francisco from the Last Minute Wrestling Podcast for joining me on this lovely, lovely journey through the history of TNA. Go follow Frank. Go follow the Last Minute Wrestling Podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, on YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, lmwpodcast.com follow him on twitter instagram chatterbait all that stuff always a good time with frank and uh go to apronbump.com for all my full episodes as well of course wherever you listen to podcasts also on youtube as well um maybe some people might not be aware i also do video versions of this podcast so go check it out um, even if you're listening to this on audio, maybe go up there, give it a like, give it a comment. Uh, tell me what your favorite um, scene from Brokeback Mountain was. Uh, give me your thoughts on the She-Hulk uh, knocking out Jeff Jarrett with her big old clit. Uh, <laughs> and, or whatever, you know, do that uh, or don't. Uh, give the podcast a rating, a five-star rating. If you don't think it's five stars, you can go shove it up your urethra. Uh, you know, give it a review, uh, buy a shirt, squirt whipped cream on my belly button and tell me to suck it out. Everything that you do to support your podcasters, do that. And uh, yeah, that's about all I got for you guys today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Love you all. Big smooches all around. Yeah. I'm hard. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you the hardest. Standing strong and proud of me. And I guess let's get started. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you the hardest. Standing strong and proud of me.